You are listening to the DIY Recording Guys podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production, with your hosts, Fadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. Hello, welcome to another episode of the DIY Recording Guys. I'm Vadim. And I'm Ben. Uh-oh, my computer's low battery. One second, off to a good start. <laughs> Great start, yeah, here we go. <laughs> and we're back. Yay. All right, dude, how's it going? <laughs> it's going really good. It's going really, 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 really good. You always say that. <laughs> I like that about you. I, I don't. I don't mean to say that as a negative thing. I meant to say that you're a positive guy. You have just an uplifting energy about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes, I hope it comes I across mean, to the listeners at home. Yeah, I I don't feel that way all the time. I would say probably it's probably fifty fifty for how I actually feel. But whenever I say it's good, 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 like there's always good things happening in your life along with the bad. So. Gotcha. And I think you're absolutely right. You, you know, you want to progress. There's always things we want to do, but it doesn't mean you you can't have yes. a feeling of gratitude. One of the mixing coaches that I have recently told me in one of our like one-on-one calls that um he's like you really it's really important to learn to appreciate where you're at, you know, mm-hmm. in the in probably probably any kind of creative journey, you know, especially for musicians, because uh, the beginning, it's, it's really fun in a lot of ways. It also sucks in the sense that like, it's hard to pay the bills or it's hard to like make that transition if you're trying to go full-time music and, and you're like, I just don't have the clientele yet. So you're always just thinking about things will be so awesome when I can get there. And, And it's true. It is awesome. But you also have like new devils that come along with the new levels. Ooh. And, you know, there's something to be said. There's something to be said for um, and enjoying it whenever you don't have like so much, so many like deadlines and so much pressure on you from bigger projects. So I've been trying to enjoy the the place that I'm in now a lot more. It's not easy, but I've been yeah. trying to. That's good. It's good to keep that in mind. I mean, every every single rapper talks about that. Right, every single rapper who's mm. successful talks about how they thought that just money would solve all their problems and success, and it didn't. And they always look fondly wait, back do, on their wait. Their the rappers, years. what's that? Oh, you mean like in interviews? No, in songs. That's funny because I feel like most of the rappers that I hear, and now granted, I'm not like the biggest rap fan, but when I like will hear a rap song, it's all about like. I had so much money. I'm just throwing it out the car. That's the, the other part. They do, they do talk about that. It's true. <laughs> but eventually, if you listen to like the more cerebral guys, like like even like Drake, J. Cole, Mac Miller, they mm. all talk about how like they thought it was going to be different if they reached this level of success. And on some mm, level, that's they, very interesting. they long for the simplicity and the innocence of their, of their younger years. So, uh, my wife and I were talking about this too recently, how like you, you tend to look back fondly on, on points of your life. You don't remember the, the day-to-day anxieties you had, right? You remember things fondly and if hmm. it's important to bring that into the present, like this is the good, this is a good time. We'll remember this fondly. 
our late night discussions, working on this podcast, talking about yeah. recording, trying to figure out how to make that snare drum sound a little bit better. I think we'll we'll look back on this <laughs> fondly. So let's let's remember that. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that, man. Well, cool. What are we talking about today? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I um, just finished. I'm just finishing my first ever mix in Reaper, the Dark Horse Dog. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. I've been, <laughs> I've been sending you some manic text messages this week. Um, so yeah, Reaper is a, is a DAW, and um, I'm 99, no, I'm 100% sure that I'm switching to Reaper full-time from Pro Tools. And I'm going to give wow, you- Wow, you're 100%? So, you're convinced? I'm convinced. After, I've been using it as of today, as of this recording, I've been using it for nine days. And there's going to be some caveats and some that, that, that come with this, but as we'll talk about today, so the, the focus of today's episode is going to be, again, I'm not a power user. I've used it for nine days. I've done one mix. I'm going to talk to you about the, the ten, 10 of the things, not the 10 things, but 10 of the things that really kind of caught my eye about it. And some of them dropped my jaw a little bit. And I'm curious to know what you think about these workflow possibilities and whether they're possible in Studio One. And in general, um, what you think about. To, um, so to introduce the episode, you know, we talk about Reaper, Pro Tools, Studio One. These are all DAWs, digital audio workstations. We've talked about it a thousand times. And I was thinking about, you know, the, the DAW is really... I think it's the main tool. It's probably the most important tool of an engineer. It's in a way I was thinking like if you mm -hmm. mix or produce music, you, the DAW is like your, it's like an instrument, right? I'll, I'll compare it to woodworking. I don't know too much about woodworking, but I've done it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like your workbench. So confidently throw in a comparison. Go ahead. I will. I'll throw in a comparison. I'll throw in a comparison. I mean, I at least know enough of like if you're doing something like – uh, detailed wood woodworking like I would rather work on a bench that's set up for that than on my living room floor kind of a similar thing like it, it basically the workbench it facilitates the woodworking right but it's it's more than that even because it's it's you know there's you could say there's lots of different benches they're not all equal mm -hmm. and and sometimes mm -hmm. maybe you switch to a new one that is a little bit harder to use at first but you know in the long term it'll be it'll be the right move for you um in fact i saw an interesting ted talk just about technology a long time ago and i i'm gonna very crudely paraphrase it but the concept this guy was presenting was that as technology improves the distance between a person and the pixel decreases so if you think about like the early days of computing you had like punch cards or whatever then you had a mouse as an input device, right? Now we have touch screens. At each of those points, like mm. your your finger, you're physically getting closer to the pixels. And I was thinking like in a perfect, in a per, yeah, it's kind of a weird abstraction, but in a perfect world, you would be able to just sit with your eyes closed and control the music, right? Like in a perfect world, that's what you yeah. want. It'd be from your brain directly cha changing the the sounds. So when we talk about a DAW, I think one of the things we want 
or just tools in general, is something to be as invisible as possible. It's to, to remove as much of the barriers between your brain and the sound mm. as possible. So anytime you have to click or move a mouse or whatever, that's like waste. You, you only do that because you have to, right? Yeah, I love that analogy. And, you know, I'll take it related to that. It reminds me of anybody that's skilled at doing any type of work or doing any type of skill that requires a tool. Uh, musicians that play guitars or drums, for instance, it's the same thing there uh, as somebody who does construction work with different tools. Um, the better you are at learning that tool and, and having that muscle memory and essentially allowing that tool to become a part of your body, um, the, the quicker and the better you'll be able to do whatever task you set out to do. It, it sounds like you're kind of speaking about the same thing. And I definitely have that. I have that feeling whenever I'm working in DAWs, like um, and trying to manipulate audio. Cause sometimes it's, it's always like, um, I'll talk about the positive first where you're listening to something and you're like, I think that it's something in the mid range, probably around 500 Hertz. And then you go grab a parametric EQ and you uh, pull down at the 500 band uh, you know, a few decibels and you're like, that was it. Like my ears did a good job of translating to me, you know, what it was I needed to do. And then there are other times where you hear things that just sound off and you're not sure why. And Right. Or the same thing with a tool. If like, if you think to yourself, I want to change the sound in such and such a way, but you're not sure how to do it. Either you're not sure how to do it. Like you said, maybe like tonally your ears aren't accustomed to the frequencies or you're just not sure how to do it in the tool you have. Like in the DAW, you're like, I need to change this track size <laughs> and I'm not sure how to do it. Yeah. That's frustrating. And so we want our DAWs to be, we want to we get to know them. But the, the reason I made that introduction was because long story short, TLDR, mm -hmm. I think for me anyway, Reaper is the DAW that's going to allow me with some, some time to get as close to removing as many of those barriers as possible. And... I'm predicting by the end of this discussion, you'll see hopefully why the, it's actually switching to Reaper is actually going to cut my mix prep and mix time down significantly. Interesting. I'm not sure about in half, but definitely like by 30%, I'll, I'll, I'll say confidently. So Wow, that's intriguing. Yeah. So before we dive into the 10 things, I'll give you a couple of caveats. I already gave you some of them. I'm not a DAW expert. I'm not one of these people that's tried every single DAW. Like the, those people are definitely out there. I've used Pro Tools for the last 10 years. Before that, I used Adobe Audition, which is not really like a pro grade DAW, but that's what I started out on. And I've used a little bit of GarageBand, a little bit of Logic. But mostly I'm Pro Tools user and I would consider myself to be somewhere in between intermediate and advanced. So I've definitely seen people work in Pro Tools in ways that are beyond me. So there's people that are pushing that system farther. But at the same time, I can do a lot of things very quickly. I can edit very quickly. I know how to generally do the things that I need to do for my workflow. Uh, so I would say, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not super advanced, but I'm somewhere in between intermediate and, and advanced. And the last one is, as of, as of this recording, I said nine days or 10 days of using Reaper is, is what I have. Mm. So um, anything to add to that before, we, before I get into why I switched and, and, and 
Yeah, so like I'll be giving a lot of feedback in this episode just so you know where I'm coming from. I feel similarly I feel similarly as you do to Pro Tools in Studio One. Uh, I would probably call myself just straight up intermediate. Probably I wouldn't consider myself advanced um, just because like it works really well for what I'm doing and I know what I need to know really well, but there's also aspects of it that I don't care to know because it doesn't affect my workflow. So I just, mm, I just leave that alone. I see. Um, I've used, I've actually done a bunch of editing in Reaper. So I am somewhat familiar with it. Oh, really? I have. Yeah. I edited. I didn't know that. I edited okay. an entire single at my day job because I needed to download a DAW <laughs> and, and work in the office. Gotcha. So I, I did that over like a week, a week span. Um, and it was a little bit clunky at first, you know, because I'm familiar with, with Studio One, but like I was able to figure it out. So I do have some familiarity with Reaper. Um, I played around and recorded in Logic a little bit. Uh, what else have I used? I started actually on Sonarworks by Cakewalk, which I don't think they make it anymore. That was the first DAW or, I ever uh, used. No, Cakewalk. Not Sonarworks. What's it called? Oh, Sonar. It's just sonar. It's not sonar works. Cake, sonar, okay. By Cakewalk, um, but I don't think they make okay. that. I don't think they make that DAW anymore. I think they discontinued it. So, and I've used a little bit of Pro Tools. I've run a couple sessions and edited around in it before. Okay, so you've you've, you've gotten around a I've bit. Been, I've been around the block. The only the only main uh, like popular ones I haven't used are uh, Ableton and FL Studio. I really have no experience in, but I've been around the block. I, I used FL Studio back when it was called Fruity Loops, and it wasn't really a DAW. It was more of a sequencer back then, mm. so I'm not going to even even claim any credit for that one. But, uh, yeah, I've never used Ableton. Heard, I hear really interesting things about it, but that's going to be for another day. Yeah. Right now I'm knee-deep in Reaper videos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I might be uh, asking you for some uh, recommendations because even from talking to you before the episode, I, I mean, it's a free download. Why not have it? So I'm probably going to download it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into all of that. So the, I guess I'll, I'll tell you quickly why I'm switching. I've had a lot of headache with headaches with Pro Tools and Windows recently. I mentioned this on some episodes. I was using Windows 8.1, which is an old system. And I had maybe 20 Pro Tools glitches, things that annoyed oh, wow. me. I basically reached a level of Pro Tools where I couldn't upgrade update my Pro Tools to the latest version because it no longer supported Windows 8.1. So I went through this whole hassle of upgrading my computer, fresh install of Windows 10, which is now on its way to obsolescence as well. But unfortunately, I did all that work, installed the latest version of Pro Tools. I solved all 20 of the problems I had, but somehow created 30 new problems mm. that didn't exist before in my old version. And it's just like... Things are slow, sessions crash. I just started getting really frustrated with it. And I talked to some other producers. One guy in particular that I know is like, he he's he's done it all. He started in Pro Tools, he switched to Studio One, he switched back to Pro Tools using uh what's it called? Soundflow integration, which is like allows you to create scripts. Mm. Now he switched to Reaper. And so because he knows all three of those DAWs really well talking to him, I decided to give Reaper a shot. So I did. I downloaded it. Uh, the th Reaper's a really interesting company. It's like three guys or five guys. Is what, it's like really small. 
the guy, the main guy who started it actually was the guy who created Winamp. You remember Winamp? Oh, yeah. I remember Winamp. Yeah. I used it way back in the day. Way back in the day. MP3 player. So he created Winamp. I forget what the company was called. And then they went on to create uh, Reaper in like 2008 or something. And they've been doing it ever since. So it's a very small company. And it, it has kind of like one of those open source software feels mm-hmm. almost like kind of like um, OBS sort of where like it's really powerful it's 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 really stable and solid and um, so yeah that's pretty much all I know about it I don't really know a lot about the company it's got a rabid user user base mm-hmm. um, which you always hear about Reaper what I always heard was you can customize it you can customize anything yep. and part of me was always like who cares I don't care if I can customize what it looks like I, you know but I didn't fully understand what they meant until I started using it. I'm hopefully going to explain it a little bit here. So let's dive into it. 10 things that yes. I liked a lot about Reaper so far after one mix and a week of working in it. Uh, number one is just session loading and closing time and stability. It seems much, I, I, in, in the nine days I've used it, I've had zero crashes. That's pretty impressive. Which... Is it like, I don't know, do you have crashes with Studio One? The only, I'll get like a weird glitch or a a crash like maybe once or twice a month, but then certain plugins triggered. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty stable on my, my new system. Um, Trigger two will crash it every other time if I have an instance open. And so I think that that's a slate problem more than it is a DAW problem. Okay. I don't know how it does it, but opening and closing sessions, even big sessions, is remarkably fast. I'm talking hmm. in Pro Tools, it would take me minutes, maybe two to three to four minutes to open a session, and then that same amount of time to close a session. Wow. And Reaper just does it. It just, like, seconds. How quick? Seconds? Yeah, I, than, I would say yeah, for... Less than 30 seconds. For Studio One, it's definitely on the better side, but somewhere in between, probably, like... Opening a session, I would say it takes about, if it's a lot of tracks and a lot of plugins, it could be up to 30 seconds. That's not and sometimes bad. It will, and sometimes that. it'll take like a little bit to, to close as well. But um, if you're talking like second seconds, like for Reaper, like that. That's Less than impressive. 30 seconds. Um, yeah. You know, okay. Towards the end of the mix, when the session was like really big still less than 30 seconds but uh um, that's impressive yeah definitely not the minutes that it takes pro tools pro tools it's like go get a cup of coffee like open the session oh, go get a cup of coffee type of thing that's too frustrating so again that could be my system i don't know but that's that's what i find so that's that's a minor one but i do like the stability and the quickness of it number two can i can i interject let me interject one yes if you have it on your list we could pass it but i'm curious can you have multiple sessions open at the same time Yes, you can. I did not put that on my list because I don't care that much about that yet. But yeah, you can have different multiple sessions open as tabs. And even more than that, you can have one session open and have multiple sessions in your timeline, like almost like items. Oh, weird. For like sequencing an album almost. So like you can double click like an item and it opens up the session of that item. Very cool. You can have like sessions within sessions. Yeah, Studio One's not quite that way. I'm guessing, I don't think you can have multiple sessions open in Pro, Tool, Pro Tools, correct? No. It's just one session. No, you okay. cannot. In Studio One, it's like not quite as good as Reaper, but you can have multiple sessions open. And 
the main reason I'll use that is because let's say I was working on one mix and I like this particular plugin chain. Well, then I just open my new session and I can jump back and forth, copy paste from one session into the other. Yeah. I love cool. doing things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely okay. the, the ability cool. to have multiple sessions open is cool. I don't, I, yeah, I guess if I was working on an album, which I haven't done yet in Reaper, I've only worked on a single, I could definitely see using that. In Pro Tools, what I do is I just import, I can import a track properties, like everything about the track except the audio, I can import it onto a track in my current session, which effectively does the same thing. It just copies the whole plugin chain. That's true. Yeah. And I would say as well, like I probably would use that functionality more if I like wor worked, um, what, what am I even trying to say? Um, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the session work that I'm doing, it's very like, I'm spending hours and hours and hours. So I'm normally just opening one session at a time. Or I should say, I don't like to jump back and forth between projects. Right. So a lot of times right. I'm just working on one thing for a long time. So I don't use that yeah. feature too often. I was just curious if it had it. Yeah. So these these are going to go from like most benign to okay. most insane from my perspective. Yes. So keep that in mind if I you're love like it. not floored by these first couple. So number two is, so they have different um, modes for automation, which I'll get into more further down the list. Oh. But one thing they have is something called trim read mode in which if you have a bunch of automation, pretend you have a bunch of volume automation written on a track, that automation is there. Once you go into this trim read mode, it, it does what you do, which is you put in a trim plugin, you know, at the end of your chain, kind of for your static balance. What this does is it just create the just the fader on your main mixer zeroes out. All the automation is still there and it becomes just a trimmer. Oh. So like you can have all in Pro Tools, I would have all my automation written. And if I wanted to take like this one section and just bump the guitar down. I would have to grab the automation points and pull them down a little bit. And in Reaper, I can, well, for automating, yes, but it, even for the whole track, I would have to grab all the automation points and pull them down. In Reaper, now the fader is just a trimmer in that mode, and I can just trim it down by 1 dB, and the automation will still be there. That's interesting. I don't know if you can do that in Studio One, but I've never tried. So that would be something worthwhile to look into. Cause that, yeah. And a in lot Pro of times Tools, I, I mean, and in studio one, you can always just put a trim plug in at the end of your chain and do the same right. thing. Yeah. But like it's just you cool said, cool to doing. have that right on the faders, man. I would definitely use that because sometimes I wait, I, I hold off on doing automation until the very end for that reason. Even though sometimes yes. earlier in a mix, you're like, yeah, these are definitely going to need to be automated or I hate it whenever like I show a client or I show anybody a mix I'm working on before it's done. And I'm like, I haven't done automation yet. You know, it's always this caveat of like, I know the guitars oh. and the verses need to come down, but you know, I'm not to that point yet. <laughs> See, you're, you're, you're really getting what I'm, what I'm, what I'm coming from now, because that's one of my conclusions is that this is going to little things like this are going to change my workflow. Like when yeah, you write automation. Absolutely. So number three is grouping potential. In Pro Tools, when you create a group of tracks, so you have like a bunch of tracks, you can group them all. So for example, drums, you can group all your drum tracks and then when you edit them, all of the audio, you know, kind of moves together. You can slip edit 
So when you make a, yes. a cut on one track, it cuts the same place on all the tracks. When you move an audio clip, it moves all the other clips in the group. There's two ways you can process groups in Pro Tools. You can have, you can say it's a mix group, an edit group, or both. So a mix group means if you adjust a fader mm-hmm. on one of the group tracks, it'll adjust the faders on all the tracks. An edit is the, what I just talked about. It's the editing capability. Or you can do both, right? But in Reaper, you can have these crazy group properties. Like you can have master-slave relationships where you can say you have a group. One track is a master and the others are slaves. So if you adjust the fader on a slave track, you're, it's just adjusting the slave track. But if you adjust the fader on the master track, it adjusts the faders on all the slave tracks as well. And you can have multiple masters, you can have multiple slaves, you can have everything be a master, you can have nothing uh, be, you know, whatever you, whatever you want there. You can also do inverse relationships. So you can create Ooh. a group where you say, if I pan this guitar to the left, this other guitar in the group is going to be panned by the same amount to the right. And the same thing for volume. Really cool. You can do it independently for pan and volume. So like if I turn my guitars down, the synths come up. Right, my synth group comes up, so you can do inverse relationships oh, like that, which is I love that, man. I've been lazy about figuring. <laughs> See, I've been Wait, lazy about. It gets crazier. <laughs> I've been lazy about trying to figure out if Studio One can do this trick. I always assume it can do things that at least Pro Tools can. The one functionality that like I see Pro Tools users doing a lot is with a stereo track. Like, let's just say you have a pair of stereo overheads, uh, panning it with one mouse drag so that it goes from center to more wide to back in and i don't know i'm pro i use a plugin to do that i didn't think pro tools had that native because that's one of the things i was going to say in reaper you do have a width control on stereo tracks okay i've i feel like i've seen people that that are using pro tools do that ben boz digital labs it's called width knob uh-huh. Free plugin. Okay. Free plugin. It's one knob. You put it on the stereo track, and that's what it'll do. You can just turn it from center pan to out wider. Highly recommended. Very gonna, helpful. But in um yeah, in Thank Reaper, that. that's native. So all stereo tracks have that's a, huge. a width slider. That's huge because I am always messing with I'm one of these mixing engineers like you know, I'm frustrating the people that are very LCR oriented. I don't like those people, by the way. No, I like those people, but I just disagree <laughs> with them. <laughs> because I always feel like sometimes I don't want my guitars to be 100% left and right. Totally. Oftentimes you just want to nudge it until it sounds right, right? Narrow exactly. Until it just I am fits. specifically, I'm specifically like that with overheads. I almost never pay oh. my overheads hard left and right. Almost never. Ooh, okay. And room tracks, I I very rarely do either. I I would say like drum rooms are normally fifty to fifty to sixty percent wide. Oh, I just feel okay, like, interesting. I just feel like too wide gives you this kind of like. <laughs> I feel like my brain is like turning inside out <laughs> whenever I like pan those things a little huh. bit too wide, and so it would just be super easy if I could just take one slider uh, and. Give me yeah. some width. And you can automate it too, which is cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so check that out. But yeah, so you have that, that functionality native. 
The other thing is um, in Pro Tools, I can't believe Pro Tools doesn't do this, but in Reaper, you can group, you can select that as an option that it, um, you can, if you arm for recording one of the tracks in a group, it arms all of the, all of the tracks. That's pretty cool. That seems to me like every DAW should do that because like for recording drums, I don't want to have to go click eight different channels for record, but for some reason in Pro Tools, I don't know of a way to do that. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. You can either do it in Studio One by um, like shift clicking uh, on all of your tracks and then- uh, Maybe you can do shift click. I, you know, I haven't tried in Pro Tools. I'm not going to say for sure you can't do that. You can either do that or if you group a track, you could click on the the folder record and it will arm all of the tracks in the group. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And, and actually, I haven't tried that in Pro Tools either. The other thing in, in Reaper, you can grab you ah, grab you can group tracks, but you can also group items, which is oh, what's slightly an item? different behaviors. Item is an audio clip. They call them. Oh, items. okay, okay. I've not tried that. I don't think Studio One has that functionality. That's interesting. It's basically the reason you would do it, as far as I can see, or one of the big reasons is for editing. Mm -hmm. Like when grouping tracks doesn't give you that edit edit items together capabilities but grouping the items will and there there's some other reasons i guess why you would want to so that's that's number three i'll i'll jump back to yeah was it included in three where you talked about um the master slave relationship fader yes so studio one has something similar i've never used but it's called vca faders and i think it does the same thing where it's you can similar. assign you can assign a vca fader to control a group of faders, essentially. Yes, and that Pro Tools does that too. I'm still exploring that. Um, Reaper has VCA faders as well. It's a good point. I'm not sure. I think it's a slightly different because the master-slave thing means like, let's say I group my, my drums, but I want to be able to adjust my snare independently. Oh, yeah. I, I can make the snare a slave track so that I can adjust its fa fader independently but if I adjust the kick fader, it will also adjust the snare fader. Interesting. For VCA, it just means you have one fader to trim all like multiple other faders. That makes sense. I never use it because I mix through a lot of buses and I just use buses as the VCA. Right. Essentially. Right. Okay. Number four, track behavior. So in Pro Tools, you can create different types of tracks. You can create a mono audio track, a stereo audio track. You can create a MIDI track. You can create an aux track, which is like a bus. Yeah. Or you can create uh, like an instrument track, which is a combination of a MIDI track and an audio track. And it's sometimes really annoying if you created the wrong kind of track. If you created a <laughs> mono track, you can't put a stereo file into it. Ugh. Always, then you got to delete it, create a new one. In Reaper, there's just one type of track. And on this one track, you can put a mono file a stereo file, and a MIDI clip all on the same track if you wanted to for some reason. You could also put video on that track if you wanted to for some reason. Okay? That's crazy. And you can also route any track to any other track. So it doesn't matter. I can take an audio track and route it into another audio track, and it'll play. Huh. That's you crazy. You can also have, in, within your track, you can have overlapping clips and they'll both play. That's and cool. 
you can have, you can create a track with more than two channels of audio. You can create a track with 20 channels of audio. <laughs> and you may think, why would you do that? Some cool applications. One is you can, cre- you can record all of your drums onto one track and then split them later. Oh, wild. Yeah, so you can have different inputs routed to different tracks within a track. Two is if you've ever done like multi-miked, like a, let's say you have three, three mics on a guitar amp and you want to edit that guitar performance using elastic audio or the stretch tool or warp audio, right? It's not going to work if you do it across tracks because you're going to get fa- weird phasiness between the different mic tracks. But mm-hmm. in Reaper, if you put all those things onto a single track, that will work. That, that will allow you to use warp audio without any without altering the phase relationships. That's very cool. Yes. That's that's like a next level I know. functionality. That's there. what I'm saying. Some of the stuff I'm like, I don't even know how I would use this yet, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that Studio One is a little bit better than Pro Tools, but it is similar. Like there are all those different track types. And I remember that was a frustrating thing for me to figure out when I first started recording or using a DAW was like, how do I get a MIDI? How do I get my MIDI keyboard to hook up and play like virtual instruments, which I didn't even know right. were virtual instruments at the time. Right. Turns out you have to create the specific track type for it, which is irritating yes. and annoying. Um, but that's really cool that you don't have to worry about that at all in Reaper. Yeah, you don't have to worry. Everything is just a track. Um, the other cool thing I like is you can, in your mixer or in your edit window, if you like click record on a track and then you sweep it down, it arms all the tracks you swept across for oh, recording. Cool. Same thing for solo, same thing for mute. It's just very quick. That's very cool. Yes. A- along with that. So because you can route any track into any other track, my number five item is the routing matrix. The routing matrix is this window that you can bring up. It looks like a like a spreadsheet where you have all your tracks listed in the columns and you have all your tracks listed again in the rows and you can route any track to any other track very quickly from this window. So if hmm. you create a reverb track, you can go into this window and just check a bunch of boxes and say, I want to send all these other, I want to send all these oh, tracks cool. to the reverb. Boom, 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 boom. Takes two seconds. I love it. That's crazy. Very cool. Yeah. So that's routing matrix. Um, Number six is custom keystrokes for actions and customizable toolbars and menus. So what this means is anything you can do in your DAW, Reaper calls an action. So for example, hit play on the transport, that's an action. Split a clip, that's an action. So in Reaper, you can pull up this thing called an actions list, which is a huge list of thousands of different actions. As you can imagine, there's a lot of different things you can do. It's very searchable, and you can take any one of those actions and create any keyboard shortcut you want for it. So for example, if I want to split a clip, I can make that, like in Pro Tools, it's Control-E. If I want to match Pro Tools, I can just make it Control-E, and that way I, Mm. I don't have to memorize a whole new series of shortcuts. I've been doing that, in fact. A lot of the things that I'm used to in Pro Tools I just changed my Reaper actions to yep. be those same shortcuts. Great. So you can't do that in Pro Tools? You can't 
change. No, I don't believe you can custom custom change those oh, keystrokes. Can you in Studio One? You can. Yeah, you can change all of them if you want. And oh, okay. The one cool thing about Studio One is that, I mean, they're really trying to steal other DAW clients. Yes. So like yes, they, they, they have a functionality where. Um, you can you can go into their options menu and say, choose a DAW. Use all the keystrokes for Pro Tools, and it will change That's all cool. your short or Logic or. But can you change band. them individually? Yeah, you can go in and you can, and you can make multiple different key commands for for the same action, which I actually have because the split yes the split track uh, by default is Alt X. But I wanted it, I do it so much for editing. I wanted it to be a single keystroke. So it's the yeah. um, it's the small apostrophe next to the one on my keyboard because it didn't have any other functionality and it's just right there. So I just gotcha. have a, a single key press. So it is also Alt-X and I'll find myself sometimes going back and forth. Don't ask me why I go back and forth, but like sometimes I'll do Alt-X and other times I just press the single keystroke at the top. Yes, that is the same in Reaper. You can have multiple keystrokes for a given action. And similarly, number seven is custom mouse behaviors. So again, I changed all my mouse behaviors, all my mouse modifiers, not all, but I changed That's some cool. of them to be what they were in Pro Tools. So when I hold down the shift key and I move the mouse wheel, the something I expect happens and same thing with control and alt. So you can, you can customize all of that. Um, Number eight is where it gets cooler, custom scripts. So what this means is I can take any number of actions and combine them into a list of actions that then I trigger that entire action list with my custom keystroke. Oh, that's cool. And I'll give you an example of that. So let's say I want to be able to highlight an audio. This is actually one I set up. I saw somebody do this and I set it up the other day. I want to highlight an audio clip. And then with one keystroke, I want to be able to create four automation points around that clip and nudge the volume of that, that whatever I highlighted down by mm. one dB. So I set up a custom script that when I press control minus on the number pad, it just runs a bunch of actions. It creates four points around my highlight and it bumps them down one dB. And I can do that, and I did the same thing with Control Plus. So very easily, I can go in and nudge things up and down and create my automation points automatically. But the list is really endless because you can string together as many as you want, right? As many actions as you want. I know that Studio One, like they heavily advertise a functionality like that. They call it macros. And mm, um, Macros, yep. I don't, I don't use them as much. I've experimented around with a couple different ones but i found the majority of different things i like to do by hand i i haven't found a lot of macros that will just do what i want to do without needing like some extra adjustment so i haven't delved in like super hardcore to the macros but i've seen people do things as far as like set up set up a macro that will run like run beat detective get all your transients on drums also slice, quantize, shift all of the uh, the gaps back so that you have a perfect crossfade all with one keystroke, yeah. which is insane. <laughs> okay, so that's cool. So you can do that in Studio One, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll give you the, like the other, uh, some other cool applications for it are like you can create a new track with an instance of three plugins, mm. you know, with the click of a button. So like, for example, if you're doing like, I want a delay return and I always want to have a high pass, low pass filter on it and then a delay plugin and then a distortion plugin or whatever. I can custom script that to just happen with control D or whatever I want, Yeah, you know. That's cool. Which is cool. I think that's going to be a, a big time saver. Part of it for me, part of it for me is actually just thinking about working in a DAW that way. Like a lot of times, I just think in like um, each individual step. I'm doing this now. I'm doing this. But if I could think about, if I could train myself more to think about, like what are the things that I do the same every time? Like that's opportunity for macros. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It's like. This is how I do it, but how would I do it if yeah. if I didn't have to click this button ten times, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's exactly what I'm going through right now, and it's kind of like almost overwhelming to a degree because I'm like, anything is possible. <laughs> anything I yeah. can make it work. All right, two more here. Number nine is effects applied directly to items. I love this one. Mm. So I have a. You can apply plugins and effects to tracks like you do, like we always do, or you can apply it directly to a clip or to an item. So what that means is, for example, if I want a custom, there's two bars and I want it to have a stutter glitch effect. Yes. In Pro Tools, I would have to put in those plugins at the track level, then automate them to be bypassed for the rest of the song except this one section. But in Reaper, I can just create, make that two bar section its own clip or its own item, and apply the effects directly to it, which is cool. cool. So every clip, every item can have its own effects chain. I think Studio One has something similar they call node effects, which actually are applied to the, the track. It's mm. Non-destructively? Yeah, and you can decide whether or not you want to render it to the final... It, it's <laughs> I don't quite understand how it works because only certain plugins give you the option to like be able to do that effect with it and I I haven't played around with it for a long time but exactly what you're talking about like with sequencers and um, stutter effects like there are specific ones you can apply to tracks and then it asks you do you want this to apply to the the volume or the panning or something or other like that and or the pitch huh. And I think that, yeah, I'll have to, I know Studio One does something similar. Like it would be interesting to take a look at that again and then report back. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Cool. I, I definitely, I know for a fact you can't do that in Pro Tools. Mm. And um, it's a cool functionality. And I'm thinking cool. I'm saying is Pro Tools regular. Pro Tools HD does do some crazy stuff. I don't know um, what So it gives it does, you additional that's... functionality too, Pro yeah. Tools HD. Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Number 10, the thing that blew my mind the most after only nine days of using Reaper is automation and the way automation works. And I don't even know where to start with this, but I'll <laughs> give you one of the things that I absolutely loved. So say you've created a static balance on your verse. You've adjusted all the faders to where you want and you're happy with the way things sound. All right, but now you want to work on the chorus, and the chorus is going to have to have 
a different balance. Maybe you want the guitars to be louder in the chorus. Maybe you want to do something different with the vocals. In Reaper, what you can do, there's, a, there's this mode called Latch Preview. So you can, you put, you, you tell Reaper, hey, go into Latch Preview mode. You highlight the chorus and you start working on the chorus. Maybe you loop the chorus. This is how I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. So you loop the chorus and you're doing your mixing. You're adding plugins, you're changing volumes, you're changing pans, you're playing around with all this stuff. And when you're happy with it, you click a button that says, everything I just did, write that as automation. Mm-hmm. For the chorus only. Now your verse balance is still where it was. You didn't affect anything on the verse, including like bypassing plugins or whatever. And as soon as the marker, the play marker gets to the chorus, all of the changes you wrote or you you, you implemented are now written automatically instead of going and writing the parameters oh, that's one by cool. one. Then you can do that. You can copy all of those parameters. Let's say you have another chorus later in the song. You basically you can say, okay, now go into read mode. So now read all my automation. You can kind of put your time marker in the first chorus that you just worked on and all of the faders and everything, all the pan knobs get written or get, get read right by whatever you already had written. Now you can go back into your uh, automation writing mode and paste all those values onto your next chorus. Boom. That's cool. It is an amazing time saver. Yeah, that would be a huge, I could see that as being a big time saver. You actually like gave me something to think about because I don't know if Pro Tools does this, but Studio One, and I will use this occasionally, it has a write mode that you can play the audio and whatever automation you have selected, you can ride that. uh, You can, well, I guess that would be like specifically for volume automation. You can ride it live like you would an actual console fader. Oh, totally. Yeah, you can do that in Pro Tools as well. Yeah, they, that's just just right mode, yeah. But the point is, so this is what I'm talking about is not like the riding stuff. It's just I want a different static mix balance for different song sections. But I don't want to write the parameters individually, right? I just want to be able to work it and say, boom, save all of that. Yeah. I don't know if Studio One has that. I'm guessing. I'm guessing not, but I'm wondering if like it will like read um, bypassed or activated plugins in read or write mode. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that either. I know in Pro Tools, anything you want to automate, you have to select as a parameter for automating, right? So if I have a plugin with a knob, I have to, I have to go into this, the, that plugin and say, hey, this knob here, I want this to be automatable and then I can mm. do stuff with it. I can yeah. either write it live, like you said, or I can manually draw it in. But in Reaper, I don't need to do that. All I need to do is say, I'm automating this section and this track is included. And whatever I do on this track, if I add a plugin, if I change any plugin parameter, if I change any volume, that's all fair game. And wherever I leave it, write all of that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um yeah, like I spent I spent so long just setting up my mix template in a way that makes automation less painful and it's still a pain in the butt if it's anything beyond volume automation for my buses. 
Yes, it, it's it's a huge pain to to write automation for sure. That's why this is like this is like that's why this is my biggest time saver. The other cool thing you can do, anything that's automatable, you can use an LFO signal that's mm. customizable to automate that parameter. So if you want your pan knob to go back and forth at two hertz, so twice per second, <clears throat> any parameter in Reaper, you can put an LFO on. That's cool. It's cool, yeah. I can I can see it just being cool for like just some weird like background stuff moving around. Yeah. Dude, that's that's incredible. I mean, just for that alone, like that's a good argument to switch. <laughs> yeah, that's that was my most impressive thing. So, my head is spinning with possibilities here. Just that what I can customize, what I can what kind of action lists I can set up. Um, this is only after only nine days. But my, my conclusion is that it is a huge learning curve. This first mix that I did took me probably an hour or two longer than it would have taken me in Pro Tools. But that's because every time I got to something, I had to look up a video. <laughs> how oh, to do yeah. It. Right? Yeah. And for this reason, I think I would not recommend it as a first DAW. I think Interesting. as a first DAW, you're either going to use the minimal capabilities of it or you're going to be too overwhelmed with the possibilities. But as a second DAW, I was able to get up to speed relatively quickly. I mean, I used Pro Tools for 10 years and in, in 10 days, I can pretty much do anything I could do in Pro, in, in Pro Tools because yeah. I knew what I wanted to do. I was like, how do I... How do I write automation? And then I was able to look up that video and be like, oh my God. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I I agree with what you're saying there too. I mean, and I don't know if you're going to mention this or not, but the only downside I can really see to like messing around with Reaper versus some of the other DAWs is that pretty much all the other DAWs are going to come with some included samples or virtual instruments that are kind of cool. Whereas Reaper is bare bones. It's just the DAW. It is bare bones, but the company that makes Reaper, they do make like synths and stuff, very mm. minimal capability. You can get plugins and things to use for Reaper, um, but you're right. It is a relatively light install. I think what you said, 20 megabytes is like the 20 install. megabytes. And it doesn't come with any sound samples, native or anything like that, although you can get add-ins. Mm -hmm. There's also people that write custom scripts. I've downloaded some. Like, for example, Pro Tools has native to it. You can select a bunch of tracks and then you can rename them all. Like you can say trim five characters off of the end of these all of these tracks replace everywhere there's a one replace it with a five whatever you want to do you can batch rename tracks reaper didn't have that native but some guy wrote a script and put it on the oh. internet and i downloaded it and now i can do that with the same keystroke that i would use in pro tools so that's awesome yeah some pretty cool pretty cool stuff there uh i will give you a tip if you're listening to this and you want to consider reaper by far there's a lot of resources but my High recommendation by far the best resource is something called Reaper Mania. It's a guy named Kenny Joya does it. Awesome 
10 minute, 12 minute videos on anything you could think of with respect to Reaper. And they are just crisp and to the point, and he'll show you exactly how to do what you need to do. It's been a, a lifesaver for me. So that's, that's I what it. I would recommend. So that's it, man. That's my list so far. I'm really excited to, um, to learn more about this. I will tell you though, I'm, I'm impressed at how much of this functionality was in studio one. I, I didn't expect that. So I am, um, hats off to hats off to studio one for, um, Probably being better than Pro Tools, I'll say. <laughs> They've done a pretty good job. I mean, the Studio One pe people are Steinberg people that were writing Cubase. Mm-hmm. Oh. They left, they left Cubase to make Studio One because they wanted a DAW that was more engineer and musician friendly than Cubase huh. was. And I, I think I think they've done a really good job as far as like... I mean, I'm biased because it's what I kind of learned on and is comfortable to me, but I feel like it's it's probably the best DAW at doing everything. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people will say there's nothing like Pro Tools for editing, and that might be true, but Studio One does a heck of a job. But I feel like it's just as functional for just a songwriter being creative in it being able to like handle throwing loops in and working really quickly on just songwriting versus just running a recording session versus editing versus mixing. Like it seems to do everything like, like very, very equivalently. Yeah. Whereas, whereas other DAWs I think are probably like one thing that's cool about logic that, you know, like I can't, um, I can't fault the people who love logic who love it more than studio one. Um, because normally those people are just like, Oh, these default sound banks and like effects that come with logic are just so awesome. And they are really awesome. Like they have some like mm. incredible virtual instruments and just effects that come along with it that are just better than what Studio One has to offer. But I also could not run a tracking session in logic to save my life or do any kind of editing because it's just not built for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you've had that experience with Reaper because I mean, going back for a while, like Reaper was, I feel like always the butt of the jokes and I don't know really? why it had that. I don't. Yeah. And I don't know why I had that reputation. I mean, other than the fact it was just cheap and open source or whatever, and just kind of may, maybe, I don't know, maybe music engineer snobs just were thinking that a free a life a lifetime free with the option of donating sixty dollars dog could not compare with the amount of money you have to chill out for pro tools you're so right and one thing I heard is um that a lot of a lot of people who would just start out making music are drawn to Reaper for that reason because it's a it's a free trial. Technically, they say after the end of 60 days, you should, you know, they, they ask for $60, which gives you a lifetime of updates. But even if you don't want to pay $60, you can in extend that trial period pretty much indefinitely. So the argument I heard was like, yes, there's a lot of people making mediocre music using Reaper because it's free. And there's a lot of pros using Pro Tools. And so people are like, oh, Pro Tools sounds better than Reaper. It's like, well, no, it's just, 
different people are using the two different tools, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to say, to me, using Reaper now, I feel like the people at Avid are not even trying. I'm going to go on the record and say that. They're not even trying. The automation writing in Pro Tools, now that I've seen what's possible and realized that, yes, of course, this is how it should work. This is yeah. so much simpler. Now that I've seen that, I'm like, I can't unsee it. Pro Tools just doesn't feel serious to me anymore. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. The editing is still phenomenal in Pro Tools. I love the editing. But um, to your point, I did want to mention one other thing I thought was cool for arranging, because this is always drives me crazy in Pro Tools. If like you've arranged the whole song, maybe there's tempo changes, and then you're like, hmm... I want to put chorus before verse two instead of having the verse two before the chorus. It's such a pain to do in Pro Tools. You have to mm. like get all your clips and then move them around and then make sure the tempo got moved. And <laughs> in Reaper, you can create region markers. So I can say this is a verse and then these next eight bars are the chorus. And I can just, even if my audio files are continuous... I can just grab the chorus region and put it before the verse and it'll automatically split everything and move it and adjust all my tempo maps. Oh, that's amazing. It's so cool. I think Studio One has that as well and I wonder who had it first. <laughs> I wonder who's well, yeah, that's You're right. You're right. Because all these people are constantly, you know, they're copying feature ideas, which is great because it makes all the softwares better, right? Yeah. I wonder, you know, to... Um, to play devil's advocate for Pro Tools a little bit. Um, oh, okay. I, I wonder, and I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that your rant isn't justified. What you just said. All, <laughs> all that I'll say is, I wonder if the software is so old that they would, in some ways, have to do a complete rewrite of certain ways that they've built the program for it to be able to do some of the new functionality. It's very possible. It's very possible, Ben. That's a great point. It's like the first DAW, effectively. It became ubiquitous in studios for that reason, like everybody was getting into Pro Tools. And I don't know. I mean, they, they've done a couple of overhauls, but the core code may just be clunky. It's written in C++, I think, and I don't know if it, you're, you might be right. It might just be too much to, to change that stuff. But the thing that's annoying is that even like the automation writing thing that I described, I think you can do it on the Pro Tools HD system. Oh, so Which to me is just like... Yeah, that's not they're right. They're just upcharging for like... It, they're just... I don't know. The, I, I've been... I've had a really bad taste in my mouth about not being... Like I can load a video track into Pro Tools, but I can't edit it in any way. I can't like cut it or move it or trim it or ripple edit it. I can just see it. And again, hmm. in HD, you can do that. And the fact that in Reaper, I can just put as many video tracks on any tracks that I want. It's just like, I know Pro Tools can do it if they wanted to, but they're trying to upsell me on something, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's just annoying. Yeah. And honestly, they probably really should take a look at that and say, all right, this is available for all users. But maybe whenever that f- functionality was first available, yeah, that was worth the extra. But now as technology's improved and you have reaper just offering it up <laughs> for 60 dollars can, like, can, can you do video in studio one yeah really mm-hmm. okay do you I have you ever done it have you ever tried editing video 
Uh, so what can you do in Reaper as far as edit, editing video? I actually I don't know to be honest. I've never I've never done it yet. With video. Yeah, I've tried I've tried doing it, and um, fortunately, it only allows you to. It doesn't really allow you to edit the video. It allows you to see the video, but okay, once you so like Pro Tools. once you clip up the audio, uh, the video doesn't line up with the audio clip anymore. Same as Pro Tools. I hate that. I know, and you, and I think I'm it should be different. Pretty but. sure you can do it because I've seen people on forums talk about even like time stretching video in, in Reaper, which is nuts. Oh, what? <laughs> like warp editing video. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to look into that now. That's yeah, that's crazy, man. Reaper, it is. I, I give you kudos for being a what a ten ten year Pro Tools user that was willing to try a free DAW. I mean, yeah. that's that's ballsy. A, a lot of people I know that use Pro Tools, they would scoff at the idea. They wouldn't even try it. And they would just say, oh, there's nothing mm. like Pro Tools. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's, it's become less... Because there's so many people out there who have switched to Reaper, specifically from Pro Tools, and swear by it, that I think it's become less taboo i think maybe yeah you know like there's just so many people who are like yeah i i, I switched and i never looked back <laughs> in fact uh glenn fricker made a really funny video that was like 10 reasons why pro tools is better than reaper but it was it was tongue-in-cheek he was like just wearing a suit and just like banging on pro tools because he's a reaper user also oh okay he was just wearing like a cheap oversized suit and just like he had fake reasons why Pro Tools is better. Well, stuff like, but it's got Pro in the name. Like, <laughs> wouldn't you want to use something that has Pro in the name? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I want to make clear, too, I'm not just specifically, like, making fun of Pro Tools or Pro Tools user. I'm just pointing out, and I would do the same thing to Studio One. I'm just pointing out the fact of, like, we should always be open to using a better tool as audio engineers mm. because... It or as music creators, because it's not about loyalty to a brand. It's about making making your life easier <laughs> when you're creating good music. Totally, totally. I saw learning a new doll, so it's like just gives you a different perspective, maybe on on you know on on the on the process, and maybe you like with me. I've I've seen functionalities that I didn't know exist. And it's caused me, causing me now to like rethink my workflow, like the way I use templates and yeah. when I automate. So I think in general, just trying a new DAW can be a powerful kind of way to shake out of your ruts and, and shake out the cobwebs a little bit. Although it is, it, it is daunting. Daunting mm -hmm. spelled D-A-W. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. too funny. Well, thanks for letting me rant. I'm I had two yeah. beers, which I don't usually do, so maybe I was a little angrier than uh, <laughs> people are used to hearing me. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Thanks for sharing your experience with Reaper. I'm definitely gonna. I can't believe I haven't yet, but I'm definitely gonna download a copy to just have on my computer. Why not have it? Yeah, you should. That's a good point too. Just have a copy. And thanks for letting me letting me do it. Um, definitely, if you or, or anybody else has any. Questions on my experience, um, I'm happy to to share. Like I said, Reaper Mania is, is you're going to be your best friend in terms of getting set up quickly. And uh, enjoy. Give it a shot. All right, guys. Until next time, DIY Recording Guys, reminding you to check yourself.
before you wreck yourself.